We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello and welcome to the Rotoviz College Football Fantasy Podcast, your place for all things Devi, college DFS, college football betting advice, and some unabashed homerism. I am your host, Stefan Lacombe. Whoa. That's the margaritas hitting me. I am your host, Stefan Leco, joined by my co-host, Matt Wispay. I am coming to you from Washington, D.C., out here for a work trip. So, uh, you know, East Coast time. I've already had a couple of margaritas on my way back from some conferences, and I feel great. How are you, Matt? I've had one single beer. There you go. That's it. I'm, I'm pretty boring. Yeah, I, uh, I got in last night and uh, went to a bar. Actually, it was like Theismann's, show Theismann's pub, or it's right down the street from my hotel. And I had a couple of drinks, and I was walking home. I was like, oh, there's a little uh, Whole Foods. I'll grab a bottle of wine. So I drank some wine out of a paper cup last night. Um, it felt pretty classy. I might have to grab some here in a minute. Um, just to recover from what was an absolute bloodbath last week. <laughs> Good thing we had Jordan on the show. He, uh, he His pigs hit. My God, I, I was I was real bad last week. I just have to point out a couple of things. Um, yeah, I hate please. Clemson. They yes. can die. That's one of the worst beats I've ever felt. Um, Kenny Pickett, I've said a lot of mean or a lot of mean things about you, and once I started being nice to you, that's when you play terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was just wrong on SMU Houston. And if you were in my DMs, um, random people who were in my DMs this past week telling me how I was so bad because I called for a, a headline with a defensive showdown between SMU and Houston. Um, I don't write my headlines for the Action Network. I just write <laughs> the article, which you openly told me you didn't read. I had one, uh, and I'm, I'm venting because it's funny to me, but I had someone tell me, you need to explain yourself for this. And I said, did you read the article? They said, no. I'm like, well, technically, I already did explain myself. Right, right. The explanation was in the article. <laughs> he said that. And then he told me he was not in the business of reading articles. Now, I don't want to actually rag on this person. And I'm not give, saying their name because I don't feel like making them feel like a bad person. 
they were actually pretty polite after like the joke um, of a come at me. Someone told me that that my pick of calling that a defensive showdown um, should have been a crime of the highest order. And I'm like, well, that's reasonable. Um, but I don't write my headlines. So uh, yeah. for anyone who thinks I write my headlines, I don't. So if you're just reading the headline, know that you may not be getting my actual opinion on it. You want to know who else doesn't write their headlines? This guy, because he doesn't write articles anymore. <laughs> I, uh, I, they were like, hey, can you write one or two articles a week? I was like, absolutely. And then I just haven't. <laughs> it's, it's, which is I'll probably be for the best because... I've been so cold this season. Just so cold. It's just awful. And I don't... Uh, the only reason I don't write articles is um, I don't have time. I am uh, struggling weekly to get my current commitments together. But we've vented long enough about uh, writing and the fact that we don't write. Um, yeah. Cliche question so let's, of the week. Let's jump to the cliche question of the week. You yeah. know, we on national stage, did Kenneth Walker win the Heisman? Yeah, he absolutely did. Yeah. Kenneth Walker ran away with it. See what <laughs> I did there? No, uh, we were talking before we hit record. I don't think so. I think if if There's that was last, if that was the Big Ten championship game and they were undefeated, maybe. But uh, the fact of the matter is that there still exists two quarterbacks by the name uh, Bryce Young and and Stroud that I think are in a better spot to win it currently. Um, than than Walker is, but you, yeah, you were saying we were talking a little bit before we hit record. You, you were kind of laying out what you thought his path was. Uh, so why don't you explain that to the listeners while I grab myself a, a paper cup of wine? So the path for pretty much anybody to win the Heisman is you. You need to win a conference championship. You need to be on a semi-legitimate playoff contender because it's something to the effect of, I think it was seventy-six percent of the Heisman winners since two thousand have been on a conference champion team. And the um, it's I think making the playoff is like 50 and national champion is like 33%. So you don't have to be on the, the absolute best team, but you do need to be on a team that is competitive for the national championship. And then you also need to be like the best player on the team, which is somewhat obvious. So, and most of the time that's a quarterback, but obviously there are exceptions to that rule. So the way Kenneth Walker wins is, number one, he has to have his his star-making performance. As great as it was to do it against Michigan, there's a bigger-name opponent still on the schedule. It's the team that destroys Michigan every year and the team that is probably their most likely to uh, challenge their place in the Big Ten championship game. That's Ohio State, so he needs a big game there. They need to win that game, and then he needs to win the Big Ten. So if he does all those things, then yeah, absolutely Kenneth Walker is a uh, legitimate Heisman contender. What I would say about that is wait until if you want to bet Kenneth Walker, because you think Ohio state is going to lose to Michigan state. I would suggest waiting a week because I think CJ Stroud is going to put up pretty big numbers against Nebraska. If he does, then I believe he will jump Kenneth Walker um, in the books. And I think you can probably shop around and find odds where Kenneth Walker is still third, but at plus four fifty you're really not getting that great of odds for a running back to beat out two likely playoff contending teams, um, two playoff contending teams and quarterbacks for those teams. And I just think that's a hard, it's, it's a hard argument to make. So yes, if everyone, if you've been hearing people say that Kenneth Walker just had a star making performance and blah, 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 
from a Debbie perspective, yep, I will yeah. I can absolutely make a case that you can rank Kenneth Walker as high as second. Uh, I still think it, it would be a struggle for me to put him ahead of Spiller or Hall. Um, at least I think it would be hard to put him ahead of both. Hmm. I think you, you can make that surprises me from you. Not not I mean I don't necessarily disagree, but knowing that you've been kind of down on Breeze Hall this year anyway, um, I'm surprised you that at, you still have him ahead of Kenneth Walker. I think if you look at their what they produce, if you're going to be production, oh look how productive he is. Breeze Hall is still way more used in the receiving game than Kenneth Walker. Um, and that's what kind of buoys his stock for me. Whereas I think if you're going to say, well, I don't care about this analytical perspective. I only care about what I see on film or I only care about like them as a runner. Then you put a guy like Spiller ahead of him because I think Spiller tends to show a little bit better on the film aspect and in a pure running perspective. So that's really the two kind of outlooks on it. Um, so from a Debbie perspective, for me, I like Kenneth Walker is probably my three. I probably still would take both Brees Hall and, um, whatchamacall and Isaiah Spiller Isaiah over Spiller. him. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think that's, um, guarantee that by the end of the year, that's the case. So yeah, I mean, I, I, Kenneth Walker is great. I, there's a reason why he's been on a lot of our DFS teams this year. He's a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. he's a he's a fun guy to put on your DFS roster. He's a lot of fun in college fantasy. But yeah, um, let's hit a quick break from our sponsors, and then we will jump into. Actually, you know what? Let's do a run through of bets, and then we'll hit our sponsors up. Uh, last week was a bloodbath. Uh, Jordan, um, uh, he I didn't save his picks because they were fine. They were good, but he went five and three on the week. He was uh, plus one point two six units. Um, very strong performance from him. Uh, I was three and six. That can't, that number's wrong. I have, um, I was minus, I, mine was not minus seven units, which is what I was minus 4.26 units, um, on the week, which is very clearly my worst week of the year. I got done in by Arizona state looking terrible, uh, Florida state botching it at the very end of the game. I think I just misread that Virginia game by a lot. Maybe BYU is legit. SMU Houston, we already mentioned. Uh, Kenny Pickett can fall off a cliff. Um, and then, obviously, I just I bet, bet, uh, I bought into the hype a little bit too much on Ohio State. I do still think they're an awesome team. But I always it, this game's always close. And uh, minus 18 and a half is far too much to lay with, against a Penn State team, even if that Penn State team was a little bit rough. Uh, I was right on Michigan state. I felt actually very good about that. Even when the game was starting to quote unquote slip out of hand, I was right on Kentucky, Mississippi state going over 46 and a half. And I'm going to be honest. South Alabama is about to become my team this year. Um, them going under 66 and a half was another really easy one. And I, I'm mad at myself for pulling South Alabama minus eight and a half off my card because it was another one I was really confident in, but just decided to go, uh, I actually think I pulled them off to go with Michigan, Michigan State. So I guess I, it worked out okay either way. Yeah. Um, I, I I didn't get to watch the Ohio State Penn State game live because, uh, but I a bad did rewatch maker? it. Yes, absolutely. I did rewatch it. I was at a Halloween party with a bunch of roller derby people. It was yeah, very cool. <laughs> it was very fun. Um, 
but I rewatched it, and man, Ohio State had some really bad penalties in that game. Um, I, I think if they would have played a little bit more disciplined, you would have covered fairly easily. But well, and it's also, I mean, there's little things that are going to bother me, and I know everyone can. The targeting call was right. That was a targeting three, the one that was three seconds into the second half. Yeah, yeah, that Oof. was a, it. Was the correct call? Whatever. Unfortunately, he's also our best coverage linebacker, um, mm-hmm. so that does make a difference. Uh, the other one. Uh, boy, does Penn State like to hold um, a lot. And there were a few egregious ones. Like there was a one where our linebacker was literally tackled by the center. Had that been a 10-yard penalty, that pushes him back uh, to like the 50. They ended up scoring a field goal. on, or uh, Yeah, they, I think they either scored a field goal or a touchdown on that drive. And if that doesn't happen... Uh, it, maybe this game goes a little bit different. Maybe that that was the backbreaking drive or whatever that Jordan and I were kind of talking about. But yeah, I mean, Ohio State's inability to finish in the red zone. There's just some weird stuff. Plus the, I mean, and this one, maybe this is just complainy. Uh, I know everyone likes, I know the rule is like, if it's a potential fumble, you let it play out. Mm-hmm. CJ Stroud threw an incomplete pass four yards in front of him. And they let the guy run it all the way da- back. So CJ Stroud sprints down with the guy all the way to the end zone because he's doing what he should as a teammate. They never whistled it dead. He threw a four-yard incomplete pass. Right, right. Yeah, the, like the, It was one of those things where it's like, you can swallow your whistle in some games, but you have to call the egregious stuff. And I feel like Ohio State kind of got let down by the refs in this game. Now, with all that being said, Ohio State still won. I guess I can't complain. I'm just complaining. no. You can definitely complain. They didn't cover. That's all we care about here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't take the money line. I feel like the refs the refs did, in <laughs> fact, have an impact in that in that game in a way that I was not fully expecting. So Yeah. I also thought that um a lot of the penalties that I saw Ohio State make were legit penalties. Like they, oh, just, they were it was just boneheaded decisions. Um I had a shit week. I went three and seven. Um, really bad. I, I do love that one of the the ones that hit was my alternate. Uh, minus 17 for Georgia at the uh, plus juice. <laughs> that's just, of course, that's the one that hits. Um, Oregon bit barely missed out. That was a, that was a bummer. Um, man, UCF rolled Temple. Um, we're gonna come back to that that theme later in the show. Uh, overall, I mean, I'm just swinging and missing. I really need to make a, a big comeback here, um, and I plan on doing that this week. Uh, let's get into those picks right after this commercial break. Do you call it a commercial break? I don't think you do. I think I'm an sponsorship idiot. break. Yeah, or Let's ad have... break. <laughs> so uh, we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Picks of the week. We don't have drops this week because somebody's on the road and didn't bring their soundboard with them. Um, no. I'm a real, I'm a real slacker. Gosh, Jerry. I brought my mic though. Um, all right, I'm kicking it off with one that feels like I'm obligated to bet it. Uh, Army and Air Force under 37. You know why? I don't actually care. I'm not doing it because it's gross. I'm doing it because this t- is a bet that wins. If you don't know, uh, academy teams. That is a gross number, though, dude. It does. No, it isn't. Tell me a way it's, that either of these teams get to like 20, 24. They're not. Explosive running plays. <laughs> they don't. That's the problem is like they're just these two teams. It, it's going to be constant running the ball and it doesn't matter. Like the only number if that number were 33, then sure. But let me I'll actually while uh, I'm, I ha- I can pull up the numbers really quick because I happen to have this as one of my like pro systems. Um, Academy totals since 2000 so since 2000 academy totals so games featuring uh air force navy um and army just those two teams it is 39 9 and 1 in games hitting the under uh it has a win roi of like 56.9 percent. so it's just one of those ones it's like it's gonna consistently hit it's never gonna be one that you're gonna be real happy to bet but the last one, two, three, four, five. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. The last three times they it's happened, it has gone under, and the totals have been. Oh, actually, I'm, I lied to you. The last six, and in those, it included three games in the 30s on totals. So these two, I mean, these teams just that's what they do. They play low scoring games. It'll end up something like 10, or it'll end up something like 21 to seven, and you'll be like, oh wow, that was never in doubt. So, yeah, gross deal. I mean, be okay embracing the grossness. (laughs) It's just terrifying. Uh, I'll give you my uh, one of my best bets of the week. I'm going to go ahead and put two units on it. I'm going to take NC State minus two and a half on the road at Florida State. Uh, North Carolina State is five and one straight up uh, in their last six games. They're 13 and three against the spread in the last 16 against Florida State. This number is under a field goal, which really surprised me. Um, I can't imagine like if this game is played 10 times, I can't imagine Florida state keeps it that close six or seven uh, of those times. So I just think the number is off here. 
Uh, NC State looked really good last week against Louisville. I was on the wrong side of that. I thought Louisville's offense would show up and give NC State a lot of problems. That did not take place. Um, NC State is getting healthier. Uh, I, I think they're going to have a really nice performance here. Uh, meanwhile, Florida State is coming off a pretty heartbreaking loss to Clemson. Um, heartbreaking just because they they had an opportunity to win that game and ended up losing by 10. Um, they really haven't done much outside of a, a big win against UNC. Uh, so Florida State, to me, just isn't a team um, that's worth backing while NC State is. Also, NC State is 6-2. and two, So while I already have, I have a few bets on the five, over 5.5 team total, um, I also have a few bets on six and a half, so I, I'd really love to see them just get it out of the way, get it out of the way here. Uh, give me my my season long bets. So NC State minus two and a half, uh, two units on it. Let's go Wolfpack. Yeah, I have that game pretty close to a pick. Um, Florida State really? actually. Yeah, I I think it's not that I actually dislike yours. My I'm like a pure pass on that game because I think both of those two teams are um, iffy. I think. Florida State's playing just markedly better. They're just last week was weird, um, but I also think you, there's a decent chance that their sees that's like a letdown spot. So I, I do like this one for you. It's just not one that I would play. I think from my instinct, I would be on your side. S and P Plus has let me find it. Uh, S and P Plus has it at like a two point game. So. I think it's it's probably you're on the right side, but I think it's it's probably just closer than I'd be comfortable with. Okay. Um. All right. I already mentioned them. South Alabama plus four plus four at Troy. I have South Alabama as a straight up outright favorite. Uh, I think they're one of the best defenses in the country. Um. I think Troy is not very good. Uh. To be honest, I th- I think South Alabama probably is going to win this game by. Um. I think they're going to win it by more than a touchdown. I think this is, I I honestly think that Troy is not the same caliber of team as uh, South Alabama. And that's weird to say, because I mean, South Alabama is sort of a random team, but their defense has been so good this year that I, I just want to keep backing them. I am putting two units down on them because I, like I said, I, I I just don't, I think this, this line feels kind of off. Is there a reason you're not wanting wanting to uh, put a little uh, money line on this? Like maybe one and a half plus four and half money line. I don't do a ton you know, of money lines. I know, um, I know, but you you said you have them favored significantly. So I'm just I have them favored. Not, I, for what it's I don't. Worth, I'm not trying to make you change your mind, but I have them favored by three. Um, okay, so you're so just seeing seven points of value here. I am than, seeing a fair amount of value, and I think that there is a a decent chance they win outright. And I, but I do think at a minimum, their defense is going to get them in a spot where it's really unlikely they lose by a touchdown. So it's just, I don't think they're an explosive enough offense that they're going to pull away and like crush a team. So that, because of that, just give me the little bit of a a buffer. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Talk me into stuff. No, no, no. It was a legitimate question. I was asking, I could hear the listener saying, why not just take the money line? Well, That's I don't what do a State lot of money would do. Yeah. No, <laughs> exactly. I, let me, I'll look at the odds. To be honest, there's a chance I may split one of my later picks. And if I do, if I'm getting decent odds on um, South Alabama, that's probably a spot I should at least be sprinkling. Um, because I think, like you said, they probably win. The, if my numbers are right, then they're probably winning this about 50 to 
or about 50% of the time. And at that point it's worth taking a shot. Yeah. Cool. My, uh, my next play is, uh, one of the hottest teams in all of college football. They have won seven consecutive games after dropping their season opener, um, against Texas tech all the way back on September 4th. I'm talking about the Houston Cougars. They get to play, um, a Southern Florida team, the, the bulls who are just not very good. Um, I like this Houston team. They really shocked me last week with a really dominant performance against SMU. Uh, they are five and two against the spread in, in those seven games that they have won. Um, they, they've they've really been taking care of business. They're four and one against the spread in the last five against South Florida. South Florida, on the other hand, is is not all that great. They are also dealing with a lot of injuries at the moment. Um, I think this line is is pretty generous right now at um, minus thirteen. So I, I think Houston can win this by two touchdowns. Um, I'm not too nervous about the backdoor cover, but if they don't, that would be why. It would be the backdoor. I don't see this being a competitive game um, at all. So give me Houston, minus 13, putting two units on it. Uh, feel real good about this one. I, I, I think um, a lot of us, myself included, have been kind of slow to the party with Houston. Uh, they've been very, very good and uh, kind of under the radar. So I think that, that win last week really got people paying attention to them. I think they're out to prove something. So uh, give me Houston on the road. Yeah, that's one I do like a lot. South Florida's not good. Houston's still a really ridiculous defense, even if they didn't play defense last week. For what it's worth, I did just add half a unit on South Alabama Moneyline at plus 160 over at Bet365. You, you told me not to let you, not, not to talk you into shit. Don't bully me. <laughs> <laughs> I just I also explained logically why I did yeah, it. No, no, no. I think whatever. I'll give you my other half money line or my half unit money line play because I did because I already had a money line on there. I just figured I'd split it up. My half unit money line is on uh, Wyoming plus 155. I'm going to be honest. I just blanked on who the heck they're playing because I didn't write it on my sheet, which is something I tend to be good about. Um, I just know I had them as a slight favorite. Um, golly, G Willikers. Um, where do I have that? All right, give me. Oh, they, they're playing Colorado State, I believe. Oh, that's that's my logic. Is it's Colorado State? Neither of these teams run a whole lot, but if they do try and run a lot, or uh, I'm sorry, neither of these teams pass a lot, particularly not Wyoming, uh, who loves to run the ball. But Colorado State does try to pass a little bit, and there's going to be pretty heavy wins. I think that favors a Wyoming team that, to be honest, is probably equal, if not more talented than. Um, than Colorado State in the first place. I I think this line just felt like I was a little bit shocked to see that Colorado State was the favorite in this game. I have them. Um, I have it closer to a pick em. Um, But yeah, so for me, this one is a, I'm, I just think that it at plus 155, I'm getting the right math to take a shot here. Um, so I thought about just taking the points, but the line was like two and a half or three and a half in spots. And honestly, in this one, I felt like I, I would have if Wyoming is going to keep it close, then they're probably going to win. I don't think they're going to like lose by a field goal. I think they're either going to win by, a, either win outright or lose by more than I'm expecting. Yeah. So that's good. it's a for me that's a math odds. It's a math I think play. they win. Yeah. I I just think I'm getting a right value on it. Yeah. Um. So I think one of my new principles is uh, just fade Temple. Uh, they looked very, very bad last week um, against UCF on a Thursday night. They lost 49-7. to 
That game was never in doubt. I mean, they just got rolled up. Uh, they got beat by that bad USF team that we were just talking about. Meanwhile, East Carolina just beat uh, USF. Excuse me. Yeah, they just beat USF uh, 29-14. So the law of transitive properties says that this should be a very easy win for East Carolina. I know we don't actually bet like that here. No, this is just a this is just a fade temple for me. They're two and six against the spread. Uh, they've been really really bad. Uh, they're one and five in their last six. They have not been able to do much. Um, I, I, I like this Pirates team quite a bit out of East Carolina. I think they'll be able to do enough offensively against a pretty terrible team. Oh, your kitty cat is around. Yeah, he's um, at the door. So, so give me East Carolina. Um, it's a it's a fairly big number at a minus fifteen, but Temple's just so bad. I think that East Carolina can take care of business pretty easily. Temple is my. Let's see. They're near the bottom. They're my 117th ranked team. Yeah. They're bad. They're, <laughs> They're not real good. bad. Um, by the way, I just want to point out that this is the start of my is UMass going to hit their Ooh. over on their win total stretch? Because they play uh, Rhode Island, right? They play Rhode Island this week. I didn't see odds on it. Otherwise, I just would have laid UMass money line. But I think the line is only, I think it's UMass minus two. But hey, if they get this, I hit. A, I finally hit a future bet because I'm not doing very well on the season so oh, far. I got it right. It's UMass minus two. Woohoo! Yeah, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not actually going to play that because I I don't know enough about Rhode Island. Um, all right, I'm going to go with one that's going to make you feel gross, but it makes me feel happy. Tennessee plus one and a half against Kentucky. Uh, mm. Why am I not taking money line? Because my numbers don't tell me to. Um, my numbers give me a better edge on the one and a half. So give me a little buffer in case somehow uh, Kentucky goes for two on the end to beat them by one. Um, I, th- To be honest, I think Tennessee is a slightly better team here. Uh, I think their offense is incredibly difficult to play. I think they have the ability to put up a lot of points on a lot of different teams. And while Kentucky is traditionally known as a team that plays quality defense but is a little bit gross on offense, this year their defense has moments of good, but also moments of very bad. And I think that this is a Tennessee team that is equipped to do well against it. So uh, give me Tennessee plus one and a half. It's uh minus one ten over at BetMGM, But so one and a half is the number I would want it at. Um, just cause I do think that they're, I, I want to avoid the, this cause, because I think this will be a close game. I want to avoid the risk of a, one point win, which weirdly feels possible that Kentucky might try and go for two or something at the end of a game to sure, sure win it. And and like when you're talking about such a small change, it, the, the the change in the juice that you'd be getting, the, the payout's not going to be that. I honestly think with, it would probably be like plus one hundred. Yeah, like, like you're just like, basically getting even money with one unit plays. Like if you were putting like four or five units on it, sure, maybe it's it's worth it at that point. But uh, to me, it's just worth taking the taking the points here. Um, my next play, uh, I, or what's one thing that I don't really believe is predictive. Unders. Uh, no, predictive the unders can be predictive. Oh. No, we talked about this a couple Momentum. weeks ago. Uh, yeah. And letdown spots like, fuck that. I don't, I don't believe in letdown spots. And I think that's what people are looking at when they're looking at this Michigan state Purdue game, Michigan state's traveling to Purdue. It's going to be, it's going to be sleepy. It's going to be hard for them to get up for this game. Uh, they're coming off a big win against a big rival. They don't have anything to play for. We don't fucking know that. Like they're undefeated. They're trying to get 
their name cemented in the playoff. Like there's so many different ways to spin this that I'm not going to go down narrative street looking for reasons to not back a Michigan state team that is better than Purdue. Purdue is five and three on the year. They're four and four against the spread. Meanwhile, Michigan state eight, no uh, six and one and one against the spread. I think Michigan state is a significantly better team than Purdue. Um, and, and with this line being just at, I, I think worst case scenario, I get a push here. Uh, that minus three just feels like a really, really uh, safe number. I know that a lot of people are um, probably on, this is probably not the sharp side of things. I'm probably no. with the public on this one. Um, but I, I think it's the, I think it's the right call. And um, I'm willing to back my Spartans right here um, against the Boilermakers at minus three. It just feels like a, a pretty safe bet. Um, and one that I, uh, if I'm wrong on it, so be it. But like, I'll put my money on this one. I mean, I feel I'll confident. put it this way. 85. So there's a little bit of sharp money coming in on Purdue on this one, but 85% of the bets are on Michigan state. 64% of the money is, so you're still getting most of the money is coming in on uh, Michigan state, but it is, it's probably a little bit more balanced that there are probably some sharps out there going, well, this line stinks and mm-hmm. it definitely does stink. Um, but yeah, I I can't see Purdue winning outright, and I don't see a situation where Miss or where Michigan State wins this game by less than less than a field goal. So I like so it. You you support my my ventures into the dark? No, I mean into the deep. Let's see. I have Michigan <laughs> State favored by four and a half. Okay, I'll take so, it. I, if, I'll be happy with a four and a half point win. I mean, if you somehow <laughs> win by four and a half, that's impressive. Um, <laughs> I should get extra money for that. Let's see. I've got a whole bunch of games left to your three or four. I've yeah. got six still left give, on the give, board. So let's, give me, give I'm going to go with one that is a, all right, this is happening. Um, and that's Georgia minus 24 and minus 24 in the first half against Missouri. Missouri. That might, is crazy. Why? That is just a shit ton of points for one half. And yet Missouri's run defense is maybe the worst in the country. Um, it's really, really, really atrocious. Uh, Georgia really likes to run the ball. And I think they showed at least last week that, uh, they're capable of some big runs. Um, I don't see Missouri scoring a point in the first half. And I do see Georgia scoring kind of whatever number they want, because while, uh, last week they really weren't impressive, even though they were up, what, I think it was 24, nothing at half right against Florida. Um, yeah, they I, had that crazy end to the first yeah. half where they scored uh, like three touchdowns in two minutes. Honestly, I so I had the Florida side in that game. And I was like, honest to God, I feel like I was on the right side. Mm-hmm. It was a two-minute stretch where that game just went off the rails. But I in this one, <laughs> I mean, if you, you tell me... The, did you see all the memes where it's like... Uh, the scoreboard and then someone like goes to the bathroom and comes back and like it's a new scoreboard like two minutes later and their eyes are huge like what the hell did i just miss well that's and that's kind of what i was sitting there watching that one and i'm going yeah i mean i don't they literally had anthony richardson just fallen down on that run where he fumbled it that game's probably three nothing at half Mm. because that would have given them like third and two so let's say they pick up the two yards they can now eat away another minute and they can get to half down three, nothing, but he fumbled. And then that puts him into a little bit of chase mode because now it's 10. So then they, he forces a pass and it's a pick. 
and then he forces another pass and it's a pick and it's just like this game went bananas and it all pretty much happened because anthony richardson was not protecting the ball as he felt i'm just kidding it was a i mean it was a good play um yeah oh i thought i had more on the board i actually only now have four after that but i'll do one more um utah state new mexico state under 71 and a half S&P Plus has this game at like 60, 60, yeah, it has it at like 60, so it's a little bit of an S&P Plus play. It's also kind of a principle of New Mexico State's really, really, really bad on defense, so they tend to let people kind of score their season high, but I don't know that in in this game both teams are getting over 35, Um, and that number just feels really high to me, so I'm going to take under 71. Um, Really, it's not principle, it's just betting against a team that's bad and then using a little S&P plus to sprinkle on top of it. Yeah, I like it. I uh, I have an under as well that I can I can share out right now. You have an under? Uh, Who are I have you? Have an Me? under? I I've been doing a couple of unders. I've I actually know you do them now. Um I've actually been very unsuccessful with them. <laughs> it's like what have I done to myself? Um I'm taking the Cal Arizona under 50 and a half. Both these offenses like yes, their defenses are garbage, but their offenses are also garbage. I don't really see either team scoring that much in this game. Um, both teams are are pretty bad. 15 and a half just feels too big. So you don't like this, do you? I'm going to be honest. I was mostly just burping. Oh, okay. I, was trying to cover it. <laughs> I thought you were grunting and dis, dis, just disrespecting my, uh, my, my play here. But no, if I was um, disrespecting your play, I would do it very loudly. Yeah, no, I just don't like either of these offenses. Um, and so I'm I'm happy to to watch this game go under 59. Well, I'm not going to watch that game. I'll, let me be clear. But uh, I don't see this. I don't see either of these teams scoring enough uh, to put this number at, at risk. No, I th- I like that one. I have some issues with a couple of, or with one of your picks coming up, but it is not this one. So I think I know which one it is. I don't think you know which one it is. Oh, okay. um, I mean, I only have right. three left, so I've got a 33% chance. You do. You have a good guess. All right. So Jordan did really well to pick West Virginia last week um, because he was like, hey, you know what they do in West Virginia? They're weird and they drink. You want to know where this game is at? It's still in West Virginia. They're still weird. They still drink. And they're playing an Oklahoma State team that is really not good on offense. And honestly, I, I don't know what to do with them. Their defense is nasty, but they're really not good on offense. And that's always going to be scary. Um, at home, um, as a team that's been kind of just playing a weird spoilery role, um, I'm taking West Virginia plus three and a half because I think they may lose this game by a field goal, but I also think there's a decent chance they win this game outright. I, in my numbers, because of the two and a half point home field advantage, West Virginia is a slight favorite. Um, but be, I'm not really willing to like go way down the rabbit hole with that. Uh, so I'm going to take West Virginia my, or plus three and a half. It's over on DraftKings. I'm doing one unit on that one. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just have not got, got been able to get a good read on either of those teams this, this year. Um, I think the Big 12 has just been difficult for me in general. I feel like whenever I, I, I place a bet, it's a guaranteed loss. So um, the fact that you feel comfortable with that one is, is good enough for me. I'll, I'll, I'll play that along with you. It won't be a best bet of mine, but 
um, when I get in Saturday morning, I'll, I'll be sure to drop some some money on that one. Um, I can't bet from here for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, my next one is Penn State minus 10 at Maryland, uh, getting it at minus 110 over at Caesars. Um, Maryland started off looking pretty, pretty good this year. Uh, they rolled, they, they had wins versus that same West Virginia team we just talked about. They beat Illinois. Um, but then ever since then, I mean, that, that Illinois one is not great, obviously. Uh, but they've lost to Iowa. They got destroyed by Ohio State. They got beat badly by Minnesota and barely squeaked out a win uh, last week against Indy. I do not think this Maryland team is good. I think Penn State is pretty good. I think Sean Clifford showed that he he's healthy enough um, to, to be competent enough on offense. I think that Penn State wins this game comfortably. I don't think that 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 ten points is is really uh, going to happen. I, I I see this happen. This kind of playing out kind of like that Minnesota game where it's like thirty five to fifteen type of a, type of a game. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and roll with the Nittany Lions at minus ten. I don't love this one, but I think it's fine. I think Penn State's defense seemed to get some stuff figured out last week. At a minimum, yeah, I could say this: their uh, their safety. And I don't know his name. Boy, is that kid fast. Because he traced down Travion Henderson and Jackson Smith and Jigba in this game. So credit to him. Because both of those should have been touchdowns. Um, they, they, uh, I, I saw a lot of things I liked from them. And I think they kind of... I think last week, even though it's going to be a loss... It, it, they'll absolutely be feeling like it's a loss. And they should. There's something to be said about the fact that they're not they're getting off the mat. Like they're not just taking losses, um, stacking the way they did last year. And I think this is going to be a get right spot for them where they come out and play their best football of the year. Yeah. So it sounds like you're right on right lockstep with me. Yeah. All right. Nice. I need one game. That's gross. Southern miss plus five and a half at North Texas. I still don't think this North Texas team is very good. I don't necessarily know much about Southern Miss, but my numbers say that they should be a slight favorite in this game. Um, Isn't that where Frank Gore's kid goes? Yeah. Yeah. Frank Gore Jr. He yeah, is, Frank Gore goes he's, he's not 150 years old. That's about it. That's all I got on this team. Uh, I don't think North Texas is very good. I'm going to continue fading them. They tend to be one of these teams that uh, my numbers don't like. But be, yeah, it at at Southern Miss... Um, I'm going to take the the equally bad team, but with the home field advantage, and I get some points with it. So five and a half is a number I like it at. I would probably take it as low as... I would probably take it as low as four and a half. Um, probably wouldn't go beyond that. Okay, okay. Um, Where am I going to go next? I'm going to go with Ole Miss. You hate... This is the one you hate. I'm going Ole Miss. What number did I get here? Um, minus nine and a half um, at home versus Liberty. I just think Liberty is severely overrated. They can take care of business against bad teams um, because they have a good quarterback. But against good teams, I don't think they can do it. And I don't think they can keep pace with Ole Miss's offense. I think they might uh, get out to a decent start. It might be close at halftime. But I think... Ole Miss pulls away. Liberty ends up falling behind. Um, if you look at just kind of how they performed in some of their tough games this year, uh, they, I mean, they lost to Syracuse, for Christ's sake. Like, they're just, they lost to ULM. Come on, get out of here with this Liberty team. I'm not interested. 
Um, Ole Miss is still a team I like betting on because I'm a degenerate. Uh, they're four and three and one. So if I just would have bet them every week, I'd be doing a hell of a lot better than I'm doing right now. Uh, you sprinkle in some of the uh, the over under. No, the oh, they're actually only three and five on over unders. That's not great. Um, which is why I'm not touching the total. But uh, don't love this Liberty team as much as maybe I wanted to going in. Well, I didn't want to love them. I thought they'd be a lot better than they have been against the shit competition that they faced. Um, so I just have not been impressed. Ole Miss, I think, uh, rolls pretty easily right here. Yeah, I like Liberty. Yeah, I don't know that I would take them outright. I I, uh, I, I, I just, I, I hear you. I respect you. I disagree with you. That's fair. I have it. I have Ole Miss as a slight favorite, but I would probably be, I, I came very close to taking Liberty, but the only reason I didn't, to be honest, is because I don't trust their quarterback. Um, Malik Willis is not actually, do not let people fool you and let showing you a clip of Malik Willis doing something athletic and then making a throw. And then be like, oh, Malik Willis is amazing. Is this guy? There was a play where they showed, uh, it was PFF College tweeted out this thing saying, is this the number one overall pick next year? And they showed him running around in circles where he ran around for like 15 seconds against ULM and gained one yard on third and 10. (laughs) I remember that. It's so good. And I'm just sitting here going, this is a (laughs) negative play. Right. Like, this play is worse. If and this is a like ULM. Let's be clear. They're better than we thought they were going to be this year. They're a bottom twenty team still. Like they're not good. And yes, wouldn't he? Would Malik Willis look better if you gave him better wide receivers? Sure. It's the Josh sure. Allen conundrum where everyone's like, oh well, his completion rate's down because his team's terrible. That's probably somewhat true. But he was playing a bottom twenty team. His team Mm -hmm. is supposed to be better than this. Liberty was a team that we thought was going to be like, are they going to be fringe top 25? They got, right. if they've got an NFL quarterback, they should be, you know. I feel like you're making my argument for me, buddy. Yeah, but I, I, my (laughs) numbers, my numbers literally have Ole Miss at one point, even with a home field advantage. I have these two teams as basically even. Um, I find that so surprising. I do not. Well, it's because I, I, to be honest, I take my feelings. My numbers have none of my feelings in them. I mm. do not put any of my gut into it. I do not do any adjustment. I don't manually that's a override Josh, stuff. That's a, that's a real Josh Pate move right there. Well, I mean, says. I 100%, I set my stuff into my, my spreadsheet. I import the numbers I'm supposed to, and I let it run the formula that I've been running. And to be honest, last week, had it not been for Florida State, and there was one other one that I felt like I had was on the right side the whole way and it flipped. And then even Oregon late was the other one had those ones not flipped. I think I would have been like 54% on the week. Um, and my suggested plays, even with three losses on what felt like bad beats, uh, I was still plus money on those. So I, I do feel semi-confident and I did make one little tweak this week. I took out explosive drives cause I didn't feel like that was predictive, but yeah, I mean, I like I said, this isn't my feelings. My feelings about Liberty are I don't like them as a, I don't like Malik Willis as much as everyone. But my numbers say, well, maybe you're wrong about that. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. My last one's an S and P plus total, um, and another is. one where I don't like. Uh, I don't like one of the offenses. I think they're very overrated. Um, App State and Arkansas State under sixty eight and a half. It's just a big number, mm-hmm. um, and they both like. I mean. 
App State likes to run the ball a fair amount. Uh, Arkansas State's not very good on offense. I just see this one being a App State pretty much controls the game, wins by kind of whatever margin they want to win by. To be honest, I I would even be comfortable playing the side uh, App, App State minus 21, but I like the total a fair amount better. So give me the under 68 and a half for one unit. Yeah, I, I, I like that play. Um, I don't, I feel like I, I don't really know enough about Arkansas state to have many opinions on, on that, but to your point, it's a, it's a pretty big number. You're really needing, um, both teams to, to really show up and app state has looked good against bad competition, but, um, yeah, it's a big number. Uh, my last one is a game where I think the wrong team is favored. Um, I'm not going to go money line here. I'm going to go ahead and take the five and a half points with Mississippi state. They are traveling to Arkansas. So, so that's not great. But um, I think Mississippi State is actually a better team right now than Arkansas is. And so if you're going to give me five and a half, I will gladly take those points because uh, I need those points because I don't trust myself. Um, it's interesting. Both these teams are, um, let's see, Arkansas is five and three against the spread. Mississippi State is four and four against the spread. If you look at their uh, recent performances, though, um, Arkansas, you know, when they've been playing tougher competition, they like, yes, they beat um, Pine Bluff. Uh, last time they played, but before that, lost to Auburn, lost to Ole Miss, lost to Georgia. Um, things have not been as good. And th- this once like vaunting defense that we thought was so good because uh, they kept Texas A&M to 10 points. They kept Texas to 21 points. Uh, they haven't looked so good as of late, giving up 50 plus points to Ole Miss, giving up 38 to Auburn. I, I think Mississippi State's able to score. And meanwhile, Mississippi State's defense is better than I, I think we expected. Uh, the only team to score more than 30 points on them was Alabama. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen in this game. So I think five and a half is a really, really good number for me. Uh, I, I think that the Mississippi State probably wins this game outright half the time. So the fact that I can get almost uh, almost a touchdown feels feels pretty good. So I'm going to roll with uh, with Coach Leach here. I'm going to say this. I've talked a lot of shit about Mike Leach, and I still don't think he's a very good coach. I do appreciate his candy takes. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I missed this. Please continue. Um, well, so number one, he spent all the time in the world knocking uh, candy corn. So fair, as everyone should. Yeah, candy um, corn's garbage. He also talked, he's a gummy person. He's mm-hmm. all about gummies instead of chocolate. So he, all of his favorite candies are gummies. So I'm all in on him. Yeah, he's a, he's that's, a, that's a me. I, I'm a I'm gummy over chocolate. So I mean, I am both. <laughs> I love both. I mean, I like some chocolates. Like, don't get me wrong. But if you're giving me a choice of, like, I have to eat one candy, I'm going to pick, like, a Sour Patch Kid type yes. candy. Well, I see, I'm, I like sour, I, regular Sour Patch Kids. I don't find to be sour. So I eat the Sour Patch Kids Extreme, which are better. Mm, I haven't had this. All I'll say is I was excited going through my kids' um, Halloween candy the other day. Cause I saw some Sour Patch Kids, so I went to grab it, and they were the fucking watermelon ones. I was like, "Get out of here! I don't want watermelon Sour Patch Kids. I want just all of their offshoot <sighs> brand ones are not sour, and that actually bums me out because I had strawberry ones, and I was looking forward to them. They're basically just sweet, which is disappointing. Yeah. All right, let's get to our uh, D F S. And you had to say it with the sexy voice. Try it again. I don't have. Nope, <laughs> fuck that. DFS. <laughs> All right. We didn't make a lineup last week, or I didn't make a lineup. I didn't track your lineup. And to be honest, I officially stopped tracking on our sheet uh, 
profit. Uh, do you know if you did well last week? I did not do well last week. You I did not do well last week. So you want to know what? But last overall, week never happened. Overall, overall, I'm still up on the year in DFS. I know that much. I'm not. Um, it's not because of actually my picks here have been fine. It's that one of the weeks when I thought I had this lineup that I was like super confident about, I kind of went and just smashed it everywhere. Uh, don't do that. That doesn't work out very well. I did. Oh, no, it did work out for me one week. I ended up uh, getting like first place in a competition. Okay, sometimes do that, happy. but sometimes use bankroll management and pay attention yeah. uh, to not just overload your lineup in GPPs because you'll bomb. Um, actually, I think it was one of those weeks where there was like a couple of um, like slate breakers, and that's what hurt me. But doesn't yeah. matter. Let's get to our lineup. Uh, I'm going to start off with my my uh, quarterback because he plays for my SMU Mustangs. Um, Tanner Mordecai. Um, why is I hate DraftKings right now? It's not loading for me, and I'm badly bossing this. Memphis is not very good. Um, their defense the 209th, has, um, which is always fun because there are 130 FBS teams, which means for some reason they're still tracking against. Uh, like FCS programs too, but whatever. Uh, yeah, they're not very good. So they're going to allow a fair amount of points, and this offense still is going to chuck the ball around. SMU is a pretty heavy favorite in this one. They play with a fair amount of pace. Uh, you're going to see that I'm kind of going all in on this SMU offense. That's a tease. That is a tease. I like it. Um, I'm also going with your quarterback. I'm going with CJ Stroud. Um, I like CJ Stroud a lot. If I was placing a bet on the Heisman winner right now, um, but I can't. I looked right before the show and I couldn't. But Stroud would be my guy. I think he is a dynamic quarterback. I think he is very, very good. And this Nebraska defense is not that good. <laughs> um, I think Ohio State rolls. I think they get up uh, pretty big pretty quickly. Um, my biggest fear with playing C.J. Stroud isn't that he doesn't put up numbers. It's that he doesn't get to play the whole game. And therefore, uh, maybe I don't get uh, some garbage time stats in the fourth quarter, but I think um, the journey to get there will have been glorious enough that I'll, I'll be just fine. I respect that. I'm going to go with one of the more expensive running backs on the slate. uh, And that's Baylor running back, Abram Smith. Um, Don't know much about him because I'm lazy and didn't actually do any research on him, but I do know that Baylor likes to run the ball a whole lot. They get one of the, uh, get a fairly large push with their offensive line. I think it was like 3.8 line yards per attempt. Whereas TCU allows the second or third highest, because again, I just don't have numbers open right now because I'm on a single monitor. Um, they allowed the second or third highest success rate to uh, the running game per play. It, that with Abram Smith averaging 23 fantasy points per game, I just think this is a spot where he is going to bring in a return somewhere in the range of 24 points, which is what you'll need to get the 3x on his 7,300 salary. Yeah. Uh, my first running back is going to be, I, I think, someone that's not going to be very highly owned because if you just look at the um, the numbers at a glance, he's going up against, a, a, on paper, what could be a tough defense. Uh, he's going up against the 20th-ranked defense against the run. Um, I'm going with Letty Brown of West Virginia, uh, but I'm not <laughs> nervous. What? You love Letty Brown. I do love Letty Brown. Um, Oklahoma State, while they're good, um, West Virginia leans on Letty Brown. He's coming off in his last... He's got 33 points uh, in back-to-back weeks, over 100 yards in both those games, utilized in the passing game. 
um, racking up a bunch of touchdowns. He was the first running back to get um, 100 yards against Iowa State. So this is just how West Virginia wants to play football. They want to feed Letty Brown, and they're going to do that. And I think he'll find enough success against a good Oklahoma State defense. But what we saw last week, too, is uh, an offense that's willing to rely on their running back and rely on their style of play can beat, I'm I'm thinking specifically about the Michigan State-Michigan game. Like I avoided uh, Walker last week because I was like, oh, that Michigan defense is tough. Like I don't want to do that this week. I think Letty Brown has a huge game, um, so I want him on my roster. I'm going to go ahead and give you my next guy. I am going with uh, my boy Snoop. Connor in the game against um, Liberty. I already told you I'm not a huge believer in Liberty. Their uh, defense gives up over 100, like almost 130 yards on the ground. Uh, Jerion Ely still isn't really doing as much as we hoped. Um, Snoop is getting double-digit carries um, in every single game, and I, I think they uh, ride him. I think he gets, um, I think he gets an, a couple scores here, and I think it's just going to be fantastic. I can't wait. At his price of 5,800, that's a really, uh, sh- I would say it's a strong play because I it's cheap. well, it, I mean it's it's a right it's a good value play. Uh, I'm going to go with an even cheaper running back. Um, Ohio State running back Mayan Williams is 4,400 on the slate. Uh, Travion Henderson's knee was wrapped after the game last week. He was heavily utilized against Penn State because they kind of needed him because they needed to have that balance attack and he was the most explosive option. Because of that, in a game that I don't expect to be as close, uh, I think they're going to mix in a lot more Mayan Williams this week. And while you might be sitting here going, oh, what about Master Teague? What about Marcus Crowley? Well, Marcus Crowley's out for the year. Master Teague's still dinged up from a couple weeks ago. Um, So that really only leaves three scholarship running backs consistently available and that's Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, and Evan Pryor. Um, Pryor really has only been used significantly in mop-up duty. Uh, every once in a while they mix him in for a little bit of a change of pace because he's um, he's really fast. Um, but I think this is a week where Mayan Williams gets not half, but I think you're getting at like probably 35% of the touches hmm. um, and Henderson is I'm, utilized early. So Mayan I'm really Williams- liking this, this, this logic that you're giving me. Uh, I'm wanting to pivot. I'm wanting to pivot. I, I want I want his, his four thousand four hundred dollars in my lineup. Yeah, I mean you can make a swap, but you gotta let. I mean we'll figure it out. If no, I'm not going to. But I I really like this play. Yeah, Mayan, um, Mayan Williams because of the fact that I think that Henderson is a little bit dinged up coming out of the Penn State game where they I mean they sold out to stop him. By the way, he still got 150 yards. Um, they sold out to stop him and really he. He came out of it with a wrapped up knee. I think they're not going to risk putting him out there, especially with Michigan State on deck afterwards. Um, I just think this is a Mayan Williams game. So give me Mayan Williams at the really expensive price and be inexpensive price. He did give me a little bit of flexibility to go with a few other interesting options. Um, and because, I, like I mentioned earlier, I did kind of start to go with SMU because I do think their pace allows for a high scoring game. I'm going to go with their field stretching wide receiver, Danny Gray. At 6,200, we've talked about Roberson a lot um, because he's been like, he's kind of the mainstay that we knew coming into the year. Um, Danny Gray really is more of a field stretcher. He was a transfer player out of TCU last year. He has basically made an instant impact or he made an instant impact to the team right away last season and has kind of kept that going this year. He is the one that gets the, the deeper shots. Uh, at 6,200, I just see him as the more likely one to 
have the 30 point game compared to Roberson. Um, so yeah, give me Danny Gray against a Memphis defense that I believe was among the worst in passing success rate. Yeah. Um, so I'm going with Roberson. <laughs> Roberson's um, a, a very fine option. He gets a lot of volume. Yeah. Um, again, I think this is a, a game to target just like you do. Um, Roberson is pretty much getting either three or five catches every week, and he's due for a five-catch game. That's how math works. He's also yeah. due for a touchdown. Um, I, I think Roberson has a good game. He's actually, anytime I've played him, he's he's had a touchdown and um, a pretty good offensive performance. He, basically, he's gotten either 60 yards or a touchdown in every game that I've, in every week that I've started him. So I just feel like I... He and I are rolling pretty good together. Uh, my number one wide receiver, though, the one I'm spending the most one the most money on is Jackson Smith and Jigba for Fuck Ohio you. State at five thousand eight hundred. You, he's great. Um, I don't know if you're saying that because you also have him or because you think I'm jinxing him, but he is hovering right around a hundred yards and six receptions every game since the game against Rutgers. Uh, he has been really, really solid. I think the upside for him is absolutely huge in a game like this. And I wanted to find um, a stack for CJ Stroud. And I didn't want to spend all the way up on, on the other two guys. So my next wide receiver is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Okay, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, He's really good. I've he said is. a lot about him Man. over the... How, how many times have I called him awesome? A lot? Yeah, a lot. I should and, probably and say it more. He's really, he's a really, he's really good at getting open. He's good at running with the football after catching it. He does a lot of small things really, really well. Um, and he I and Stroud think he have is, a good rapport. So it's one of the, he's becoming to CJ Stroud what Chris Olave was to Justin Fields. Um, he's the guy that kind of locks in on when he needs a play. And that's really valuable. So give me, I'm with you. Give me Jackson Smith and Jigba because he's really good. Give me yeah, the last wide receiver. I don't love it. Um, I just need to save some money. This is where I might actually pivot from my flex play, moving my flex to Mayan, and then readjusting this one. I'm going Sean Dykes um, in the for the Memphis Tigers. Uh, he has he's coming off a couple of pretty weak sauce games, um, but before that he was utilized um, quite a bit. Um, he's a boomer bust guy, and, and I kind of wanted uh, someone in GPP. That's that's actually yeah, a valuable I, type deal. I mean, he he has he has one game where he has uh, 140 yards, nine receptions, and two touchdowns. He's got another game with six receptions for 167. Um, so so the, the the upside is there, and I think I think Memphis is going to be chasing points in this one. I think they're trying to be they're going to be trying to keep up with SMU, and and I think Dykes could be a part of that. So at 4,300, it's kind of a cheap play, but a potential uh, big 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 play guy that could end up being he's like your deshaun jackson type we're like he's either gonna be like damn that's why i lost or yep that's why i've cashed do you have any yeah. money left over i'm just um, curious in your current lineup do you have any money hundred bucks left over yeah the only other person who i might consider in the same range um sort of for the same logic is samari samori tori uh from memphis um last week he had 108 yards and a touchdown on two catches for four on four targets he was really their most heavily utilized guy early on in the year although he has been a little bit less utilized of late but he has 100 yards in oh by the way that last week number one that i read was just a lie because they haven't updated his notes in a while but 
he has he has 300 yard games this year he has three touchdowns um he's just another option in that same range and like in the game where by the same logic if you're in, uh, this isn't actually me telling you to swap because i think dykes might be a better upside um but it's the same kind of logic because if you're looking in that range samori tori is another guy to consider um okay my flex wait did i give you my i did not give you my last wide receiver no um i'm using the points per how many times my baby or my wife babysat um i can this is my favorite thing uh, i'm taking grant calcaterra uh continue to think that smu is going to score points i really wanted to kind of go with like a super stack type team here and calcaterra gave is another one to be honest I, at the very end of my lineup because i went heavy on my super flex um i didn't have a lot of money to play with here so for me getting calcaterra at four thousand, i'm basically betting on him scoring a touchdown in this game and if he doesn't then i only lost four thousand on it so give me calcaterra at four thousand like i said i think smu is going to score a lot and i think they're going to be able to pass the ball a lot because i also if i read it correctly i believe ulysses bentley's out of this game yeah i know he's questionable i don't know for sure what that i mean obviously know what that designation means i don't know what he's what where it's leaning but i know he's not for sure going um speaking of someone who will not be playing uh it looks like uh zach evans um is likely to miss this week if that's the case yeah i'm going with kendra miller who stepped in very admirably for him last week um he had 100 yards rushing he had four receptions uh he he finished the day with 20 uh, fantasy points yeah baylor's a pretty tough defense um, but they're not like shut the door on everything type of a defense. I think Miller um, at 5,700 can get me enough points to make it worth my while. So uh, I'm rolling with him in the flex. I don't, oh, Kendra Miller. Yeah, sorry. I missed that. Um, I'm going Milton, right? It's not because I think he's particularly good. It's that again, I was a little bit uh, strapped for cash at the end of this one. And uh, he's gotten, I think he was averaging like 13, 14, uh, points per game uh, against a, uh, Michigan state defense that did allow a fair amount of explosive plays. And while I do think that it, it's probably David Bell season, um, I think that there's probably enough, uh, room for both of, both of them to get enough volume for them both to be plays. For me, that's enough for me to spend up 4600 on Milton Wright. My super flex is Spencer Sanders, which is, you know, not the sexiest or most fun, but he's got, he's averaging double digit carries, um, rushing attempts a game. He is running the football in um, every other week. He's getting a rushing touchdown. He's doing enough through the air. Uh, he's not going to get you most likely 300 yards passing, uh, but I think the, uh, the if he gets you 80 yards rushing and a touchdown, you love it. Yeah, I, I think the the upside is there uh, for him to be worthwhile at $7,100. So Spencer Sander is who I'm rolling with in my Superflex. So I have $8,700 left. I'm taking an $8,600 quarterback. That is also in your lineup. Taking CJ Stroud. <laughs> yeah, I love um, it. I, don't, I mean, he's... I think Nebraska is not going to be able to keep up. I think this game is a lot closer to the Maryland game than... The Penn State game, um, if that happens, C.J. Stroud's going to be really, really good. Um, yeah, there's not a lot to say about it. I just think that 
I'm get I went with a couple of stacks in this one and I tried to mm-hmm. uh build a lineup that has some upside. Um so quickly running through my lineup, I've got Tanner Mordecai, I've got Abram Smith from Baylor, I've got Mayan Williams from Ohio State, I've got Danny Gray and Grant Calcaterra from SMU. I've got Jackson Smith and Jigba because you should buy him from Ohio State. I've got Milton Wright from Purdue, and then I'm wrapping it all up with C.J. Stroud, the quarterback from The Ohio State University. Yeah, I like your lineup a lot, actually. Um, I like it better than mine, if I'm honest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm rolling with C.J. Stroud. Uh, Running back, I've got Letty Brown and Snoop Connor. Wide receiver, I'm going Reggie Roberson, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Sean Dykes, and then my flex is uh, Kendry Miller from TCU, and my super flex is Spencer Sanders. Why don't you run us through your picks of the week? Picks. Uh, I've got the Air Force and Army under 37. I've got Tennessee plus one and a half against Kentucky. I've got Southern Miss um, plus five and a half against North Texas. I've got two units down on South Alabama plus four at Troy. I've got Utah State, New Mexico State under 71 and a half. App State, Arkansas State under 68 and a half. I've got the Wyoming money line at plus 155. South Alabama money line at plus 160. Both of those are half unit plays. West Virginia plus three and a half against Oklahoma State. And then I've got the first half minus 24 Georgia against uh, Missouri at minus 115 odds. I could have done it like this, I suppose. I mean, it's janky, but it works. Yeah, it's gross. Um, That's just playing it from my phone. Um, I'm going NC State minus two and a half at Florida State. Two units. My other two unit play is Houston minus 13 at USF. Uh, Then my one unit plays, I'm going uh, Liberty at Ole Miss minus nine and a half. Penn State minus 10 at Maryland. Michigan State minus three at Purdue. Temple at East, uh, East Carolina minus 15. And Mississippi State plus five and a half at Arkansas. And then my one total, I'm doing the Cal at Arizona under 50 and a half. Whew. Please, please. I need this, man. I really, really could use a good week. I have no opinion about my slate. To be honest with you, I feel like I'm going to regret uh, my South Alabama money line. But it's only a half unit, so it is what it is. No, um, I talked you into it, so it's a guaranteed winner. <laughs> that's that's clearly how your season's going. So, <laughs> yeah. no, um, no, it is. If I would bet it, it would lose. But because I'm just recommending it, it will win. The irony is, as I'm still up money on the season with all of my bets, just the ones that I'm choosing for the for the podcast aren't. You're working a good out actual so well. better. You're a bad better teller. Yes, I'm a bad better teller. Uh, awesome. Well. Um, I'm going to try to edit this and get this out. Uh, like I said, I'm in DC, so I'm on East coast time. So I'm all kind of discombobulated. I have no time tomorrow because I'm in crazy, uh, crazy conference all day. Um, I'm trying to meet up with, uh, with, with our boy, Denny Carter for, for drinks tomorrow night, which would be super fun. Um, and, and watch a terrible football game, um, because Thursday night football looks awful this week. Um, but is there anything you would like to leave our, uh, our listeners with? By Mayan Williams. No, by Jackson Smith and Jigba. Come on. He's dope. (laughs) All right. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back with you next. Actually, no, I will not be in the I will not be able to record next week. We will not be with you next week. Um, we will be taking next week to edit, which won't happen. So yeah, we will be missing you dearly next week. 
Um, I will be uh, in Maui, so I will not miss you at all, actually. <laughs> but but I will uh, I'll pretend to. Um, maybe we can uh, tweet out a couple of pics. Uh, something like that is thing we love. But yeah, other than that, uh, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back with you in two weeks. Uh, enjoy the football and have a safe and wonderful weekend.